Open your eyes. There's something more. It's the fuel behind every success story. It's the first few letters on a page. It is key to progress. Revealed by the spirit and without it, his people perish. What's your vision? Your city? Your nation? Technology? Culture? Or the arts? vision for your life. been doing the first nine months of this year some of you you've had great success in achieving your goals but others oh I can look at some of mine that I thought where I'd be nine months later and I'm just beginning but maybe you're here today and you're frustrated and you say oh my goodness the year is three-fourths gone and, I, and I'm and I'm not where I wanted to be I'm not I had weight goals I had financial goals and I'm falling behind I want you to know I have good news for you today. At 6 p.m., it begins the Jewish New Year. So you could start all over again. So now if you're running behind and you're not where you want to be, let's set today and set new goals that we're going to be able to be successful. And I believe with what I share with you today that you're going to be able to accomplish as much in the next three months that many of you have done in the last nine months. How many of you like that? Yeah. So I think it'd be great if we celebrate the beginning of this new year by standing. We're going to do a little exercise. If you'd all stand for just a moment. And I want you to find three or four people. I just want you to say to them, Happy New Year! Thank you. It is so great to be back with you again. You know, as many of you know from when I was with you in January, Orange County is my roots. Uh, I was graduated from Newport Harbor High School. I had a Chrysler dealership in uh, Fullerton for several years, and uh, I always loved coming back here. Southern California has a vibrancy to it, has a creativity to it, and it's always good to be part of it. And uh, we're just so happy to be with you, and I love this church. This church is one of the most creative, anointed churches I go to anywhere in the world. I, I hope you really appreciate your pastors and, and the, the anointed music and the, just the creative thinking that's here. I mean, the coffee shop, just everything about this place. Uh, speaking of coffee, uh, you know, one thing I love is going to a church where you can get good coffee. 
you know, when you travel such as I do, you never know what you're going to get. I, I, I was traveling the speaking circuit. I speak in the secular arena also, with the, and we were doing a, a, a one up in Vancouver, Canada, and I went to get a cup of coffee, and Canadians might be good at tea, but I don't think they've mastered coffee yet. At least this one didn't. Uh, the, the coffee was absolutely horrible. And, and I, I said to the lady, I said, ma'am, I said, I am sorry, but this coffee is horrible. Your, your sign says, you know, that, that it's blended. She said, it is. It's a blend of yesterday's and today's. <laughs> but, but, but I said, but, but you know, it, it says it's, it, uh, you know, that uh, I, 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 it just tastes like dirt. I'm sorry. It just tastes like dirt. Why is that? She said, well, it's fresh ground. So anyway... So just be able to go to church and get a fresh cup of coffee is really wonderful. And uh, we just love being here. And I'm so glad I got to be here on a Sunday when Matt was here. I just absolutely appreciate and love his music so much. Uh, I shared an earlier service. Uh, when I do my exercise routine, I, I put on songs that I do with it, normally spiritual, upbeat songs. And sometimes I start with Rocky, but normally they're... And <laughs> well, it depends how I feel. And, and this, la this last week I decided I would start with his song... Uh, uh, okay, well, why, why, let's see, why, why now, let's see, what is, why here, why, no, why now, why here, why me, why not here, why, yeah, yeah, that was it, and it just so moved me, I didn't even listen to the rest of the songs, I just, every time I came to the end, I went and played it again, and to me, that's a real key to spiritual success in life also, is not trying just to get enough of God's presence in the 20 or 25 minutes on Sunday morning, that, like fill up at Costco and get enough gas to last you the week, but that you fill up every day and that you have some means that works for you where you're getting refueled every day so his presence doesn't get less on Wednesday and Thursday and, and the Saturday as you're driving on, on empty and hoping to come in here and get filled up again, but that that presence is maintained every day so you can have his direction and his power in your life. And uh, one of the great ways to do that to me is listening to praise and worship music and uh, anointed music. And so it's just, you know, I go to a lot of churches that have great programs, but th to have the programs and the anointing, oh my goodness, it is just so special. And just thank you, too, for all that you do, and, and we just love you and appreciate you. <laughs> we have some friends that are with us today. It's, it's, it's uh, just quickly mention them. We have... Uh, one of America's top financial planners is here. Drove all the way from Ventura just to be with us. David Ethel and his wife, Teresa. Good to have you here. Yeah. <laughs> and we have uh, uh, my daughter-in-law, Jenny, and two of our grandsons that are here. And they're starting uh, a church in Hollywood on the beginning of October. And so it's great to have them here. And Right? October 7th? We are? Okay. Yeah. You looked at me kind of like, No. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought maybe you changed it. <laughs> no. And then there's a beautiful blonde sitting next to her that uh, I have known for many years. And after my first wife passed away, uh, uh, this woman just stood out because I'd known her character, the anointing in her life. And uh, she's the only one I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, but she didn't want to get married again. And so I stayed single for a season much longer than I anticipated. But she finally said yes. And... Uh, former Miss America beauty pageant judge, musical creator, just a, a great anointed woman, my, my wife Sharon. Great to have you here. As you recall from January, I teach on a subject called increase. 
And I think it's great just to take a couple minutes before I introduce today's message to you to review what is increase. Increase is not a teaching about getting or making more money, although that can be an aspect of it. It's a characteristic of it normally. But increase is a teaching about changing the way that we process our input. See, based upon our past input, the influences of our school, influences of our home, of our neighbors, of the media, all those have come together, and it's created in us an instinctive way that we respond to certain stimuli so that two people can see the same thing and have a totally different reaction based upon their perception and based upon their belief system. And the problem with most people is they live their life thinking that they are captives to the belief system that they have now or they've been given. And they do not realize that they can change that belief system if it's negative or self-destructive or limiting in their life. And the way they change it is, number one, through an emotional experience that takes place, and or number two, through repeatedly bringing in the input they want that drives out the input they don't want. See, I haven't always been an increased thinker, meaning I haven't always thought about abundance and prosperity and, and more than enough. There were years I was a scarcity thinker. I was a penny pincher. I mean, I, and I still believe in watching expenses. I'm not saying you don't. But, but that was the dominating way I saw life. But when I changed the input, all of a sudden I became an increased person. And that means I, I began to see opportunities that were with me in front of me all the time. They were there, but I didn't see them because I didn't have the perspective to see them. <laughs> I gave an example this week. Every Thursday I send out an a, a, a email to our people in our leaders organization. And this week, I, I wrote about these two nine-year-old boys that went to visit a friend of theirs that was working in a convenience store. And they noticed that at the convenience store, this friend, while they were talking to her, uh, she was cutting the front page off all the comic books. And she was keeping half of the front page in a pile and putting all the, other co the rest of the comic books in the, in the trash. And she says, what are you doing? She said, well, if I give half of the front page to the vendor when he comes, he gives me a credit for all the half pages, and I just throw the rest away because it's the old issue. And they got to thinking, they said, well, you're just throwing them away. So they said, what? When's he coming back again? He said, he's going to be here within an hour. They waited to see him. And when he came back, they said, she's throwing all these away. She said, rather than throw them away, could we have them? He said, I don't care if you have them as long as you don't, you know, resell them. So they took all those comic books with the pages half torn off, they started stacking up. They came up with the idea they were going to start a reading library for their friends at school. So they start this reading library from 2 to 5. They have all these comic books, and then they charge for that, and these guys are making money having people work for them at the age of 9. See, that's what increased thinking. Oh, by the way, they're both multimillionaires now, elders. But because they, have, they saw what everybody else saw. But see, when they were just seeing it in the trash and didn't notice it, because they had a different thinking, a different perspective, then they saw an opportunity. And when you get an increased mindset, that's the way you're going to think. And then all of a sudden, it's not that you're having to work so hard to get things. Things start looking for you. Ideas look for you. Friends look for you. Finances look for you. The airlines look for you. I, I just, uh, two years ago, we were speaking over in for our event in Maui. And uh, I just decided that 
you know, when I do the event, I like to stay over a few days and do a vacation because I'm working when everybody else is enjoying it. Uh, but I couldn't do that two years ago because I had a seminar gig that I was speaking at on Tuesday, and I was the opening speaker in Bakersfield. So I booked myself to fly an American back and back over to Maui and back, and I got a ticket for Ford at $95, and by using upgrades that I collect, that's one of my hobby, I was able to buy a first-class ticket round trip for $495, not too bad of a deal. And, and so I have flying, I'm flying Maui to LA, I'm gonna get in at nine o'clock, get my rental car, leave at 10, get to Bakersfield, I mean, uh, at midnight, get to bed at one o'clock, get up at six, and I'm the opening speaker, not too bad of a schedule. Until American Airlines calls me. And I said, Mr. Harrison, we've got a problem. We noticed that you have a first class ticket on the Monday flight, flying from Maui to LA nonstop. We have a VIP, we need to get them on that flight. We've got to get a first class ticket. We wanna know, would you be willing to give up your seat? I said, what? Would you give up your first class seat and fly first class out of Honolulu? We'll fly you Hawaiian Air over to Maui to Honolulu and, you, and everything will be the same and you, and you get there two hours later. I said, why would I wanna do that? She said, we would make it worth your while. Now that's a statement that increased thinkers love to hear. We would make it worth your while. I said, what do you have in mind? So I said, it's really inconvenient for me because that means I'm gonna get to bed at two. And she said, well, if you would fly two hours later, we will give you three free tickets for future trips, round trip to Hawaii. I said, what time does that Hawaiian air flight leave? <laughs> but see, that's the kind of life I live. It isn't a matter that I'm having to strive and work so hard, but because I have a different thinking, I have become empowered differently. I have put a magnet on the inside of me that attracts ideas, attracts friends, and attracts increase into my life. And so that's what increase is all about. If you want to rapidly accelerate to another level, I want to invite you to join us. You know, uh, uh, we're get, we have one coming up in just a few weeks. Uh, the second weekend of October out in Palm Springs, La Quinta, we have j uh, an increased summit two days, Friday and Saturday. It is going to be powerful. It's at a gorgeous resort, Waldorf Astoria, La Quinta uh, Resort there. And we have great speakers. We have the former general manager of the Dodgers. We have the Dale Carnegie of Canada coming. Uh, we have some great speakers. We have Pastor Phil's going to be there. Yeah. What a, what a lineup that's going to be. If you want to get information on it, uh, uh, we have, uh, early, bird, we have uh, early bird registration, actually group registration. You can get, oh my goodness, Butch Hartman, 20 years, the creative person, primary creative force at Nickelodeon, and now launching onto his own. Just, just, a, just an incredible lineup. And then our big one's going to be in Hawaii. Uh, that's with John Bevere, Jensen Franklin, Matthew Barnett, and just a host of business leaders. And that's going to be at the uh, Grand Wailea Gorgeous Resort. And Pastor Tammy's going to be speaking at that one. Yeah. So grab the cards. Just take a look at it. Put it in your refrigerator or put it up somewhere you want to see it. And just say, I'm going to pray about it and see if God wants me to come and be there. I'm going to share with you today about one number and an understanding of a number that could literally cause the next three months to be three of the greatest months you've ever had, that could release you to a whole new level of increase. I wanna to talk to you today about the power behind the Hebrew number eight. And please don't take offense that I'm using a shirt from the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I just like to select winning teams. Uh, no, I'm sorry, no, no. <laughs> 
I, I like the Seahawks, not only because I go to a lot of their games, but because I feel they're very creative and they're kind of increased thinking in the way they call plays. And sometimes that wins Super Bowls and sometimes it loses Super Bowls, but at least they're very creative. But I want to talk to you about the power behind the Hebrew number eight. And for a frame of reference, we're going to look at 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. We don't need to go to reference for it. You can read it later if you want. You're all familiar with the story. God speaks to the prophet Samuel. And he says to him, Saul, the one I anointed and chose to be king. He is no longer listening to me. He's ruled by the people. And so I've rejected him from continuing as king. I want you now to go to the house of Jesse. And I want you to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. And here's the scene that unveils. We find the prophet arrives at the house. He walks in the door, and there's Jesse. And there's seven of Jesse's sons. Immediately his attention is, a, is a drawn towards the eldest son. And he goes over to the eldest son, and he reaches out to anoint him to be the next king of Israel. And when he reaches out to anoint him, God speaks to him from within and says, stop. That's the wrong one. And I'm going to stop here for just a moment because there's a truth here that is so powerful, particularly for those of you in leadership, that I don't think we can afford to pass it over. And the principle is this. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, so many times we talk about the Holy Spirit leading, the Holy Spirit directing, the Holy Spirit releasing, and those are all valid aspects and characteristics of the Holy Spirit. We see that in this story when God spoke and said, I want you to go here and go to there. So, so God's voice is a releasing voice, a directing voice, a guiding voice, and we need to listen to that voice. When I made the decision to sell the dealership, it was in the middle of our, the biggest month we'd ever had. We were going to net over $100,000 that particular month after going through some real struggles, and I was so excited. And on the plane flying into L.A., I heard that voice say, sell. And six months later, I couldn't have given that dealership away because of the slump that Chrysler went into. So we've got to be aware of that voice that says to do and to guide and to go. But there's another voice that we have to be just a sense of another aspect of his voice. And that's the warning voice. The voice that says, no, that's the wrong one. No, this is going to mess you all up. No, it might look good on the outside, but it's not. And as a leader, you must train yourself to, to listen to both of those voices. And you've got to train yourself to obey those voices when it contradicts what your brain is telling you, even when some advisors might be telling you. If you go by what's on here, so that warning voice says, stop, don't do it. Think what would have happened if he wouldn't have listened to that warning voice. He would have anointed the wrong person to be king. David would have never fought Goliath. The tribe of Israel might have fought, had to fight the war and gone into captivity because one person didn't hear God's voice. Let's stay with this for just a moment. We have just a few more minutes in this service than we did the last, so, so it makes me excited. You get a little bonus. It's, it's your bonus for coming later. 
what can we learn from this? Why did the prophet almost make a mistake? And how can we avoid making a mistake that he almost made? It tells us, it said he walked in the room and he was attracted to the eldest son because of his appearance. He looked like a king. See, if you're in business of any kind, you've got to realize that people are moved by first impressions. People are moved by what they see. And one of the things I would advise you to do on this first day of the new year is take a look at your website. Take a look at your vehicles. Take a look at, at, at what is that first impression that anybody has for your good services, your business, or yourself. And ask yourself, is this something that's attracting who I want to attract? Or is this a neutral or is it a negative? Do we have the picture of those two trucks? Uh, and there, I don't know. Okay, this, this is, a, this is a, a handyman that I was going to have come and work at my house. What do you think my impression was of the kind of work that he would do? He might have been the greatest handyman in the world, but, but just by me seeing that, I wanted to send him away. Now let me show you another, another picture. See, look at the difference. How do you feel when you see each of those? How do you react when you see each of those? So, so ask yourself, is my personal, is my vehicle, is my website, is the impression I'm making something that's attracting people? So he almost made a mistake because of what they saw, what he saw. The, the, the second reason he almost made a mistake is because historically, in the Hebrew and Jewish homes, the birthright of the home rests upon the eldest son. So naturally, he figured it's got to be the eldest son. And I believe in history. I love studying history. I love reading history. But something I can tell you about this next year, it's going to be totally different than last year. <laughs> change is taking place so fast. You've got to be on the cutting edge of change. And even if you're on the cutting edge of change, that's not enough if you're not changing as fast as things around you are changing. And so you have to be on that cutting edge. So, okay, let's go back to the story. So he goes to the eldest son, and he gets a no. How do you react to a no? How do you react to that rejection? How do you react when somebody says, that's not going to work, I'm not going to accept that, we're not going to do that? Do you see that no as a final? Do you see that no as maybe there's another way? Do you see, how do you react to that no? Well, increased thinkers think in terms of options. My, my kids kid around with me and they say, Dad, you've said it so many times, we're going to put this on your tombstone. Except in faith and marriage, always have backups. <laughs> And so they think in terms of this doesn't work, what, what, what else can I do? Now, first of all, I want you to see there are certain things that don't have backups that you make a stand on. But then the other things you have backups on. And so immediately when he gets to know, he doesn't get stumped. Why? Because he looks in the room. Oh, my, there's six other options. I'm not stuck on the no. I got six other possibilities. So he goes to anoint the next one, two no's. Three no's, four no's, five, six, seven no's. Now he's got a problem. And the problem is that every option he's known to try is a no. Someday, you're going to stand where he was standing. You're going to try every bank to get that home loan. You're going to try every audition to get that part. 
You're going to try every place you know to get that job. And all you're going to hear is no, 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 no. And how you react to the room full of no's is going to determine the course of your life. Seven no's. How does he react? Oh, and by the way, to make it even more difficult. In the Hebrew language, numbers have corresponding word meanings. And the number seven means completion. Number seven means that's all there is. That's why seven days in a week, all there is. Seven colors in a rainbow, that's all there is. That's why Stephen Covey chose to call his book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I actually believe he might have had eight, nine, or ten habits, but he knows that Jewish people are the primary buyers of books, so he made it seven so they would think that's all there is. So now, the prophet not only has a room full of no's, screaming from a historical background is saying, that's all there is, that's all there is, that's all there is, that's all there is. What do you do? Do you give up? Miss it? Accept where you were at? Cry? Scream? What do you do? Again, if you're an increase thinker, you have a different reaction. And I believe Samuel was one. See, if you want to know what a person's belief system is, you've got to listen to their instinctive reactions. How do they react in times of stress? How do they react in times of fear? How do they react in times of sudden change? And if you listen to those times, you'll find out what's down on the inside. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And you'll find out what they really are made of. That's why when my four girls were dating, and we found out they were maybe getting interested in somebody before they got too emotionally involved. Emotions is the novocaine of the mind. And so before they got too emotionally involved, we, we would invite one of those guys to go out with us on one of our road trips. Not a road trip down here to beautiful Orange County to visit this church. No, we took them where they were going to work. We took them to one of these big meetings where we had taken the thousands of people and the product tables open 12 hours a day. I wanted to see how they operated under stress, how they operated with the team. We wanted to get down to their instinctive reactions. And so if you want to find out what somebody's like, you've got to listen to their instinctive reactions in those times. If you want to find out what you're like, listen to yourself in those times. And you'll begin to get a revelation of what is down in your belief system. And you can find out if what's down there is something that's limiting you, something that's hurting you. Maybe it's hurting you financially. Maybe it's hurting your relationship because of what's coming out of your mouth. Listen, because you're speaking to yourself. So what comes out of his mouth? Increase. He didn't accept the seven. What did he say? Is there another son? Is there a number eight? And what does number eight mean in the Hebrew language? Eight means transcending limitations, going beyond normal. That is one reason why Jewish male babies are not circumcised in the hospital shortly after birth. 
but they are circumcised in a special ceremony that takes place eight days after birth, signifying I'm raising a son that's not going to be normal. That's how ingrained the number eight is in their mindset. Going beyond normal. Transcending limitations. And that's what the increased lifestyle is all about where you don't accept normal. Normal is an enemy word. Average is an enemy word. We're not here to exist. We're here to make a difference. We're here to have life and have it more abundantly. Our God is not El Chipo. Our God is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. How can you take this concept of number eight and apply it into your life beginning today to launch this next Jewish New Year. I want to share three primary keys with you. Just touch on them. Number one, you have to believe that your number eight exists. You have to believe that the answer that you need in anything already is there. If I need money, that money is already there. If I need a relationship, that relationship is already there. If I need healing, the healing is already there. Because, see, if you don't believe it exists, you're not going to go after it. You're going to stay where you are. There has to be a driving force that's going to cause you to change. And that driving force is believing something better already exists. So that's key number one. I believe that my answer... In whatever area I have a need, that answer already exists. That's why when I have my prayer time, I very seldom pray, have prayer request. I have prayer praise. I thank God because, see, I believe the answer's already there. So I just say, Lord, I just thank you, and I praise you that's showing up. It's kind of like that, 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 that TV game show, I don't know if it's still on or not, but I used to watch it, uh, Deal or No Deal, Howie Mandel, remember that one? And they had all those girls on the steps with their cases there, and one of the cases, if I remember correctly, would have a million dollars in it. See, when I have a need, my case is already there, and it's already got the answer in it. And so, number one, the answer you need is already there. David was in the field. Even when they didn't see him in the room full of no's, their answer was already there. Number two, it's not enough to believe the answer is already there. You have to know where to find it. Where did they find that answer? Or where, did they, where did they go to discover it? They had to leave the room where they were at. Sometimes we have to physically leave it. Jesus experienced that. He had to leave the location of Nazareth to go somewhere else in order to experience, in, in order to have, have healing take place. So we see that taking place in their lives. Sometimes you have to physically, that's why we do our events at resorts. And we get the leaders into a different location, environment where they, can, where they get creative and hear things and, and be different. But most of the time, it's not that. Most of the time is... We have to break out of the invisible wall, the wall of fear and discomfort that we live in that keeps us from breaking out 
and feeling out of place. And if we break out of that, then our ants will find our answer that's going to be there. Which leads us to number three, we have to take action. If we don't take action, it doesn't matter what we know. But we have to say, I am not going to accept where I am. I am going to break out. I am going to believe that my answer's there, and I'm going to go get that answer. And what does it involve? Overcoming discomfort and fear. Years ago, we had a program that we wanted to pay, pay off our ministry headquarter building. And I began to thank God and praise God for, for the answer. And about that time, we started raising money for it. And we're raising money. We get money in the account. And I'm sitting in a meeting. And Oral Roberts announces that they have a chance to buy a television license to train students in media programming. And he says, I'm believing for 40 people that are going to give $50,000 in today's money to help us get the license. And I said, oh, that's so wonderful. And I hear this voice from inside said, I'm glad you hear that because you're one of them. Now, I believe in giving. I've always been a giver, but $50,000, and it's going to wipe out the fund we're using to raise for the pay off the building. But I said, you know, Lord, that's what you're telling me to do. I'm going to break through the discomfort. I'm going to break through the, the fear of giving that up. And we gave that money and helped them to get that TV station that still is broadcasting and still is training students. So it looked like I had $50,000 less, but you know what happened? Oral contacted me and said, thank you so much. I really appreciate your generosity. I'm out in Newport Beach. Uh, if you're in the area, come and join me. I had lunch with him, invited him to come and speak at our event. He came and spoke at our event in Hawaii. At the end of our event, he said, I believe we should pay off the building and raise $300,000 and in 15 minutes paid off our building. So I paid off our building not by raising $350,000. $50,000, why? Because I dared to break out and to believe it. And so my challenge to you today is launch into the next year with a different mindset. Launch into this next year with a different belief system. Believe that whatever you need, it's already there. And make a determination. You're going to take action. And you're going to go get it. And this is going to be the year that you have a breakthrough. This is going to be the year that you have the greatest increase that you've ever had. How many are willing to do that? Let's say this together. Father, I come to you today. Say it with me. I come to you today. And I thank you for your word. And your word clearly shows you want me to increase. So I make a decision today. Increase is going to come in. And increase is going to go out. And this is my year. And I thank you for that. Amen.